0: Just listen, like you would listen to music, with an open mind and curiosity. There's nothing else to do. Now let's relax into today's episode. So today I'm talking about self-identity. And hoping to explore how that is linked to to stress and burnout. But let's start by just considering self-identity and what that actually means. I suppose it's just what we think about ourselves, isn't it? Who who we think we are. And notice the use of the word think (laughs) twice there. Because who we think we are is not the same as who we actually are. And I think as you start to see the separation between those two things, who we think we are and who we actually are, a whole world of different experiences can open up for us. My own journey into burnout from, well, into excessive amounts of stress and eventually burnout, was was a lot to do with how I thought about myself. It was a lot to do with me not feeling really that I could be good enough until I had reached certain points in my life. I was trying really hard to get the outside world to make me feel like I was good enough. That was the... That was the journey that I was on. And that involved pushing myself very hard up the career ladder. It involved me being a certain kind of parent, um, ensuring that my children had every opportunity to... Ridic- to a ridic- Everybody wants their kids to have every opportunity, but mine went to a, a ridiculous extent, really. <laughs> it involved all sorts of attempts to manipulate the outside world in order for me to, I guess, I thought, I think I was probably trying to change how I felt about myself. So to change how I saw myself, therefore change my self-identity by manipulating the outside world. So it looked to me like certain things, if certain things were in place, I would feel better about myself. And that didn't just happen in the run-up to burnout. It continued in a slightly more insidious way, really, after burnout. When I, I guess, saw that, that the, the before I used to think it was the outside world that was the problem. And, and I then saw really, really that it was me that was the problem. Um not, and I wasn't, it was just a very unhelpful way I saw myself, that then the next stage of that was to, to be fully engaged in trying to fix myself, to try and um, be somebody else, to feel differently, to have different levels of motivation, to have different levels of or, or or less procrastination yeah different levels of procrastination i e less of it and that became another attempt to experience life differently to have a different experience of life but that was stressful too because it's not real like what we're trying to do with all this self-development stuff is, is, is to develop the self-identity, isn't it? But actually, the self-identity is thought. And where does it even come from? I mean, do you actually think? I think about it a lot actually now. Not not in a not in a nitpickety way, not in a an, 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 an analytical way, not in a poke around in the past past way. But who I think I am, my self-identity, your self-identity, all our self-identities are just a product of our conditioning. Like, who you think you are now as a grown adult, who I think I am as a 51 year old woman, is a product or a consequence of things that people said to me when I was a little girl. What the heck has that got to do with my capabilities now? Well, it ends up having a lot to do with our capabilities because we believe it to be true. We believe our thinking about ourselves. And it, and it reinforces itself quite cleverly, actually. <laughs> I was going to say quite beautifully, but it's not particularly beautiful. But it's very clever. Because if I think I'm not confident, then, for example, um, then I won't do things. I'll avoid things. I'll notice that I feel uncomfortable in certain situations. I mean, shyness is a great one. Um, I was, I identified as being shy for many, many years. And I suspect that came from, and I, I've seen this happening, actually. I've seen a child a bit cautious about talking to somebody or And the parent immediately says, Oh, they're shy, they're shy. How many times, not many times, I don't think, a child has to hear that before that becomes the self identity. I have another, um, like, real time example of, you know, there's only one little child in my life at the moment. And um, one time, his very angry mother, sent us a message saying, and, and the message was all about his behaviour and how awful it was, and at the end of the message it said, he's out of control. And a matter of weeks later, probably not even a month later, we had a conversation with the child where we asked him about why he'd done something, and he said, because I'm out of control. Now, I don't know how many times his mother had said that to him, But how quickly that happens. So that is, you know, our identity is particularly the negative things we think about ourselves, which do create stress and therefore burnout, because either they're making life hard because we see ourselves as being not capable in some way, or we are pushing ourselves really hard to try and have a different view of ourselves, to try and overcome that view of ourselves. So again, there's a pushing and a pushing and a pushing, which leads to stress and then burnout. And it happens. The conditioning, the learning of the self-identity is just what an angry parent said to us, what an angry teacher said to us, what an upset bully said to us. It's got nothing to do with who we really are. Who you really are is... Peace and love and wisdom and everything I know you're looking for outside of you. It's underneath, not outside. And a lot of self-development stuff is about trying to find a different way to see ourselves by going into the outside world. So we're perfect, whole and well. And then there's this layer of self-identity over the top of that. And then we go out further, away from what's already inside us. And there's something magical that happens when we start to see, you know, when we just start to poke a little bit at the self-identity, when we just start to get a little bit questioning, when we start to really focus on our awareness around what we are actually capable of, that this here is saying we're not, that's that's a place to play with this. Where can you get curious? Where can you notice? You know, I, you know, get curious for yourself. Where am I doing things and where are you doing things that you didn't think you could do? Didn't think you could do? How many times do you dismiss the niggly thought in your head and go, well, I'm doing it anyway? Because, and this is the most important thing about what I'm gonna say today is, your thinking knows nothing at all about what you are capable of. Your self-identity is just a script that has been running in your head for so long that it looks downright true, but it is not. And there is a possibility for all of us to start to see past the thinking that we have about ourselves, This to, 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 to allow the self-identity to die. And what's underneath that is more amazing than you could ever imagine. And it's available to us all whenever we're ready to start seeing it. Thank you so much for listening. There's nothing to do now but bring some awareness to how this is working out in your life. Listen regularly to experience longer and longer periods of calm. This has been the Calmcast with Claire Downham, Queen of Calm. Take care and keep listening.